The But First Stretch podcast taps into the extraordinary endeavors that ordinary humans are doing daily to better their lives and their community. The goal of these conversations is to lengthen and extend our perspective on fitness, nutrition, holistic health, the mind-body connection, and what motivates us. The final portion of each episode will provide a guided meditation to self-reflect on the theme of the interview. Brought to you by Jennifer McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Welcome back to But First Stretch. And if it's your first time, I'm so glad that you are joining me. So this has been such an awesome week. I've heard so many great comments about the last few episodes and everything that you send me, share to me, really makes a huge difference. I appreciate it so much. And a lot of the comments that are given to me actually give me people that I can interview and have conversations with on the show. In fact, today's episode was brought to me by someone who knew I was doing a podcast, knew the theme of it, and she passed along the contact information for me. And if you're not following me on social media, my Instagram is fitfamconchi or jennifermc3. And you can follow me on Facebook. It is around the first of the month right now, and I just put up my new May Fit Fam Conchi calendar of activities, of things that you can do with your family. I did keep the social distancing theme throughout the whole entire month of May. And again, it's so sad when I look at all the things that we had planned for May that have now been changed, but I'm, I think this calendar really did tap into a lot of local businesses, which I'm really excited about. Um, some of the events are free. Some of them, there is a fee included, but definitely check them out. Um, it's just a great calendar despite everything that's going on. So you can also check that out on my social media pages. So this topic today is something I'm really interested in and I'm so excited we can discuss today. Um, If you know me, you know that I really like cooking, I really like creating meals, and the people on this show are really going to hopefully inspire you to do the same thing. And we kind of tap into it a little bit, but something that I love doing, and again, I know that a lot of people don't, I love grocery shopping. It's really meditative for me. It's calm. I actually enjoy bringing my children grocery shopping at this moment. And, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer that they can't go. And I even was talking to our guests afterwards. And it's definitely more of a stressful time for me because it's something that I normally enjoy doing. And now I'm concerned if I'm touching my mask or going down the aisle the wrong way or, um, I don't know, budging into the store by accident. I think there people were waiting in lines recently and I hope I didn't offend anybody um, by walking into the store. I think I might have missed a line and that made me feel like a terrible person. And I guess that also ties into how we have to just be a little bit more considerate. You know, I saw someone budge in front of me in the line and I was like, she has no idea. It's all good, right? Like we're all in this together right now. So our community members of the week on But First Stretch are Danny and Kim. They own their own business, Balanced Dish LLC. And I'm definitely going to put some information in the notes here because you definitely want to check them out on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, The images that they put are absolutely gorgeous and inspiring for food. So Danny changed careers from being an elementary school teacher to entering the culinary industry. He graduated from the International Culinary Center, formerly known as the French Culinary Institute, at the top of his class in New York. He then decided to work in the restaurant industry to practice his craft before starting his own business with his fiance Kim. Together they run Balanced Dish, this idea of creating meals for those with specific dietary restrictions and to those looking for healthy customized meals. While working with clients for Balanced Dish, Danny is also the chef medical educator at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, working on the clinical nutrition team to create balanced meals based upon the ketogenic diet to help children with epilepsy and other neurological disorders. And Danny is going to talk about this in the episode, and it is 
truly amazing how food can heal people or make, in this case, um, seizures less common in children. So definitely pay attention. It's a really amazing um, work that Danny does. And Kim graduated with her bachelor's in nutrition and dietetics from the Westchester University in 2014. She worked as a dietitian for several years, both inpatient at Penn Presbyterian and outpatient at Philadelphia Fight Health Clinic. And she talks a little bit about this too. Her work is amazing. She's a co-author for a research study found in the Journal of Childhood Obesity and is an advocate for hunger and food security in Philadelphia, which is amazing. Her work is incredible. In 2018, she decided to go back to school for her bachelor's of nursing and now works as a nurse at St. Christopher's Hospital for Children. So both of these people are absolutely amazing and we're going to dive into their passion, which is food, and we'll take a look at their business, the Balanced Dish LLC. So the first portion of the podcast is the warm-up introducing our guests. Hi, Kim and Danny. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hi. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, why did you pursue cooking and nutrition as a profession? All right. Well, I will start. Um, I went to school for nutrition originally right out of high school um, because I really didn't know what else to do. I loved food and I loved counseling. And I thought that would be a great way to blend my interests. Um, and so I did that. It was a great, uh, anyone who's thinking about going to school for nutrition, it's so interesting and, um, it's a great career. Um, so I did that for six years. I was a registered dietitian in at Penn Presbyterian and, um, at Philadelphia Fight, which is a federally qualified health center. Um, so I did a lot of outpatient counseling and inpatient. And um, and the reason that Danny and I created Balanced Dish was because I was so, you know, we always wanted to work together, use our skills together. But I was very, I don't want to say annoyed, but I was very... Um, just frustrated, I guess, that, you know, you can counsel someone for years and years and not a lot changes. Um, so it was really nice to think about how Danny and I could work together to bring food that I would, you know, request, like want someone to eat in their house. Um, but, uh, you know, just do it for them so that they, it frees up a lot of time. Um, it, takes out a lot of the questions that a lot of people have, you know, they can see exactly what they should be eating every week. And even if it lasts for three weeks, they get an idea of what they should be eating at home. Um, now most of our clients we've had for four to six months, but, um, you know, even just starting that, that's my favorite part about balanced dish is that we are able to work with a family like in their home. And that's my favorite part about being a registered dietitian. So and um, so I always had a passion for cooking. Um, my grandfather was a cook during World War II, and then when he came home, he opened up his own restaurant. So I've always been around it my whole entire life, um, and always thought that I was pretty good at it. And the one personal connection I truly have with food is it's not only a way of expressing yourself, but it's a way to show someone else how much you care. So whether that's fan, friends, family, or a complete stranger, I think it's one of like the most like innate, like primal ways you can show some type of care and affection is through food. I mean, everyone always has their best memories of their lives are through food. Everyone associates the best moments with food typically. And I've always enjoyed that, especially how chaotic life can be when you're stop and you just sit down with the meal. Um, I feel like that's something like, like a true connection that is hard to find these days. And I like to keep that going, whether it's cooking for myself, cooking for Kim, vice versa, or cooking for our clients. So after I decided to stop teaching, I really decided to go with my other passion, which was cooking and to take it to a professional level to really hone my pre-existing skills into a professional setting and then taking it one step further. 
And I knew from the beginning that with cooking, I wanted to be a personal chef and to cook meals that people wanted and that I also enjoyed cooking for them. Um, prior to even teaching, I worked in the front of house in restaurants for a while, so I knew what it was like and um, did not want to have that lifestyle. But I knew that I wanted to be in cooking, so I tailored the culinary industry to fit my passion. And that's why I decided to join cooking. That's awesome. And I, you know, Kim explained a little bit about Balanced Dish. Can you tell us, like, for someone who doesn't know anything about it, what it might look like? Yeah. So um, we decided to create Balanced Dish. It's a complete, you know, immersion between having a registered dietitian and having a personal chef. So, um, you know, sometimes you can hire a personal chef and they go through a list of questions, you know, what you like, what you dislike, um, you know, what you want your meals to look like. But with ours, we go into a client's home, someone who's interested, and the first meeting um, is about any health concerns that they have, uh, any pre-existing medical conditions, um, goals that they have with, you know, nutrition goals that they have, or just health goals in general. It doesn't always have to be, you know, weight loss or whatever. Um, and then we also ask what they dislike, like what they're willing to change, what they're not. Um, and, um, that's how we start with balanced dish. You know, it's first getting those questions. And then every week Danny goes into our clients' homes. Um, well, not currently with the COVID situation, but normally they go into the, he goes into the client's homes and cooks their meals for them. And that could be, um, it could just be dinners. It could be breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, really whatever they want. Um, and it's all geared to help them meet their goals, their nutrition goals. And, um, you know, sometimes that looks different for everyone. Honestly, we've, we have an 11 year old boy, we have a 65 year old man. Um, you know, it, that those things are so different depending on what their life looks like. And I think what really I separates us apart is not only are we cooking nutritional meals, because I feel like a lot of people <coughs> do that, but what we do is we utilize Kim's registered dietitian uh, skills and use my culinary background, and we're cooking meals for people who have very specific dietary restrictions, and that's not only what we do, but that's what we specialize in. Because what we found is that a lot of clients have issues with trying to eat just meals they want, not necessarily healthy, but you know they might have they might have a gluten allergy and a dairy allergy, egg allergy. With over you know one of our clients has over twenty two individual food allergies on top of being celiacs and dairy free and sugar free. So you know for them to either cook this meal themselves, they often become frustrated because there's only so much that they can cook. They have so much other things going on in their life that makes cooking difficult. And on top of that, they have all of these ailments and these restrictions. So it's kind of this like cascading domino effect and food that should be eaten, not just for pleasure, but for health almost takes a back seat because it's just so hard on them. It, it becomes no longer nurturing. It's now, something that creates like angst within themselves and within their families also, you know, for our 65 year old patient, it wasn't him who was cooking every day. It was his wife. And that was really difficult for her, um, every day to just be concentrated on his 22 different food allergies, you know, uh, it completely monopolizes your life. So even if you can just take that off, that load off of them and, you know, it's not always perfect. Maybe he doesn't like every single thing that he gets, but taking that emotional burden off of them is huge. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that ties into my next question. Like, what's the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, my goodness. It's, <laughs> every, oh my, it's the reason why we got into it. It's, yeah. And it's funny what Helen Kim was saying monopolizes part of the life. So not only is it great to see the people enjoying the meals, 
But what we didn't notice until we started doing this is how our cooking affects the rest of the family. Like the, the wife, for example, of the one client that we cook for is so relieved to have time to actually spend with her husband mm. that almost this looks like, like their relationships are improving. Like her quality of life is better solely because I'm taking the burden off of her, which I enjoy. I love doing it. But now it gives her time to enjoy the day without having to worry because not only do we prepare the meals, but we also go grocery shopping and then prepare and package the meals. So everything is done from beginning to end. And even during the customization of, customization of the meals themselves, we offer many different options every week. So you're not picking from a blanketed menu. Every menu every week is customizable to that client. I would say that's one of my favorite parts is um, seeing how they change or get better and then adding different foods to make it even like more of a punch, you know? Um like, rich. yeah, I mean, we have a client who's lost 15 pounds since December, um, which see, it sounds like a lot actually, but he's also, you know, exercised and it sounds like a little bit too fast, but I mean, he's done really good. Um, and, and every week, you know, it's funny in the beginning, he would ask for things that were sweeter and whatever, you know, things that are a little bit more American and now he's like, oh, you know, just make me some like grilled vegetables with, you know, hummus or something. And I'm like, wow, that's really changed yeah, a lot. I and feel like we're changing his palate little yeah, by little. Being he's... able to change, you know, it's, it's, I always think that it's not what, it's not about, um, you don't, you don't eat what you crave. You crave what you eat. So that's a huge thing for me is I'm like, just eat it. And eventually your palate will develop in that way. So I've loved, uh, you know, changing people's palates towards something that's more, you know, more healthy and also then being able to maximize their nutrition by just providing it for them instead of them having to think through what would maximize my nutrition. You know, we're doing that for them. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, yeah. what's the most challenging part? Um, I would think in terms of cooking, it's something that's the most challenging, but I also look at it as one of the most rewarding as well is figuring out how to create meals that our clients will absolutely love based on their dietary requirements or just their likes or dislikes. Because I have been, I've done before cooked a type of meal that someone notoriously did not like and get them to like that. Whether it be vegetables for a child or, you know, mushrooms for someone else and they're just used to always having it one way. And then I come in and say, well, try it the way I know how to do it. Mm. So it's learning, it's taking people's assumptions about food and just flipping them upside down and learning how, I, you know, and especially for nutritional reasons, how to mask certain foods within others to provide the nutritional value while it's still there. So we create a lot of sauces from vegetables and learning how to add purees. I mean, one of the biggest things I do with CHOP as a chef medical educator is learning how to incorporate foods into others to either mask or substitute, but without compromising flavor. And I think that's where the culinary background from going to school in New York and also being a sous chef in a restaurant is learning these restaurant techniques and applying them to everyday foods to still make them as delicious as possible, but without substituting any of the dietary requirement. So that's by far my biggest challenge. Yeah, I would say he has the biggest challenges. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's hard. I ask this question to a lot of people, and everyone who I ask it to is in like the people world, right? We're, we're trying to work with people. We're trying to please people. And I think it's really cool when you can take that challenge and make it into something positive. So that's a really awesome way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and just keeping every meal, every menu that we give every week fresh and new. Mm -hmm. So that's why we both will work on recipes together. It's and Kim will look over everything and make sure that everything adheres to their diet. And if it's not just a diet, but that they're balanced just to be nutritious in general. 
because sometimes I cook for flavor. I just cook because I love to eat. So she'll look it over and might, there might be too many carbs on one end or too much of this. So she'll balance it out and then we work together to make it a full, like well-rounded meal. But to come up with new ideas because it's boring for us to cook the same stuff over and over and over. So we kind of put a challenge on ourselves to create new options every week. I mean, we've had some of our clients for over six or seven months and we haven't replicated a meal yet. So sooner or later, I'm sure we'll have to go around and look. But like we have yet to maybe go once back. a year, we'll just use the same thing. Something, yeah. But it's not fun for us, and it's not fun for our clients too. Depending on you know, especially because they have dietary restrictions, they're limited in what they're able to eat in general. So what we try to do is take that factor out and let them enjoy, quote unquote, a normal meal, you know, based upon their restrictions. Yeah. Um, so we're going to dive into the workout portion of this podcast. So what would a consultation look like? How would you do that with clients? Yeah. Um, so the first consultation we have, we'll say someone reaches out to us on our website. Um, we talk to them on the phone and set up a free, it's normally about an hour, an hour and a half consultation. And we send them a questionnaire prior to that meeting. We also bring it with us. And um, that goes over, you know, again, their medical diagnosis, their um, dislikes, their, you know, how many times they eat Thai food a week, how many times, you know, we try to gauge exactly what they like, um, but also how many times do you eat vegetables a day or things like that, because we're trying to push the boundaries a little bit, but you don't want to go from some, let's say they're eating one way and you go completely 180. They're not going to like that. So it's really just getting to know each other. That first meeting, it's a free consultation. Um, it's a no obligation consultation. So, um, I mean, it's just a really a way to get to know our clients because we want to like them and they want to like us, you know, or else what's the point, you know, you want good feelings both ways. So, yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, you no, know, it's. I think what we do is we also bring a questionnaire for not only their preferences or likes and dislikes, but then also like what dietary restrictions do they have? Yeah. What goal are they looking to get out of this? Because it is a two-way street, like Kim was saying. We like to see, you know, will we make a good fit together? Because a lot of what being a personal chef is, you create such an intimate relationship with your clients because, you know, I end up coming into their house on a weekly basis. So, you know, there a lot of the time our client, their guards are down, they're, you know, at face value. And it's as real of a relationship as like you can conjure up with a stranger very quickly. Yeah. So a lot of it is like, will we get along? And basically hundred percent of the time it's yes, but we have this, you know, it has to be an agreement on both sides. Yeah, I would say I would equate it to um, you know, the first time you meet maybe not a doctor because that can be a little intimidating, but something like that. Um, we are getting down to some serious issues. You know, if you have celiac disease or Crohn's disease, you could be having a lot of GI issues. And so you're talking about serious concerns right away. Not, not all of our patients have those concerns, but, um, I would say, you know, most of them will. Personal information. So it's all, you know, we get, we get close very quickly. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned like you work with a lot of people who have special dietary needs. Are, are these the only people you work with? Is there anyone else like you envision yourself working with? Um, so we'll cook for anyone. I think when I first decided that I want to become a personal chef and Kim brought the whole idea together and said, well, our niche could be combining our two skill sets together. Because there are so many personal chefs out there and there are so many catering businesses who also promote nutritional meals, which I'm assuming they all do. But then what separates us was honing in on that. But with that being said, like we do have one of our clients now who is just so busy with work that he just wants healthy meals. And honestly, when you're cooking at home, 
99% of the foods are going to be healthy. I mean, we don't cook with lots of sugars and lot tons of oils. We're you know, it's professional cooks doing comfort food almost. So we've specialized in a lot of sauces and just elevating comfort food, but we definitely do provide just customizable meals based on preferences without any dietary restrictions. Yeah, I would say like we definitely um, are trying to gear towards people with dietary restrictions that I can incorporate. But, you know, if someone just wants to be healthy and just doesn't have time for it, we're also going to do that. That's not, you know, we're like, not like, no, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I love using my skills as a dietitian to work with diabetics, work with people with kidney disease. You know, that's a huge area that those, those needs aren't being met a lot of times. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of personal chefs out there who can create healthy, healthy meals for people who are generally healthy. So we are trying to meet the need in our community to people who are sick or do have, you know, real medical concerns. And you mentioned something before we started recording this that I thought was really fascinating. Um, it's like, what is your belief around food and healing? I think that might even answer this question more because I think that was a really awesome answer when we were just talking candidly. Yeah, I think you. Um, yeah, no, so I mean, food does heal. And being that I do work at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and we are now utilizing food to drastically reduce children with epilepsy so through the ketogenic Reduce epilepsy not yeah. children with epilepsy oh, oh, i'm sorry but <laughs> children with epilepsy <laughs> but we're able to reduce their seizures by 30 or 40 percent if not more strictly based on a diet so i mean this is just one aspect of what we are doing um within my role we're also starting to work with other departments. So we're starting to work with those concerned with GI issues. We're looking at renal failure, looking at diabetes and almost prescribing food to heal. So you're healing through food and it isn't more of an Eastern mindset anymore. It seems like we're coming full circle and we're actually having, I mean, CHOP is one of the most world renowned children's hospitals ever. And we're now utilizing food in accompaniment with the medications and professional doctors to heal. Yes. Yeah. So. Something that I think a lot of us all know, you know, we know that food heals and food can be restorative. Um, but to have the Western medical community start to implement that is amazing. And it's really cool that we can be on the cutting edge of that with them. Like Danny in his job, but also you know, us doing that just through our business at Balanced Dish. I love that. And I also, I also feel like, I mean, just from my community as a whole, like I think people know what it's like to eat healthy and people want to eat healthy. And that's why I even think that it's important to have someone do a consultation with you and maybe work for a little bit because people sometimes don't know the right things. And they get overwhelmed, and they you mentioned they get really busy. So I love that. I, I don't know. I almost feel like eating well does make you just feel better overall. And as soon as yeah. you, like, throw that out, it's like, oh, now I feel horrible. But I think that no matter if you have some kind of dietary need, maybe we all kind of have a certain dietary need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And some people might need a shorter stint of us than others, you know, like we could work with someone for a month just to get them on the right track and show people, you know, what a meal should look like instead of just, you know, working as a registered dietitian. I would work for, you know, two years sometimes weekly with a client and it was so hard to just explain, okay, I want you to go home and do these things because life gets so overwhelming once you go home you know, um, and just being able to give those meals to someone, I'm sure we could change behaviors like this, you know, like immediately. And then you can move on from there. They can take what their skills that they have seen, or maybe not even skills, but they can take 
the food that they've seen Danny prepare and make it themselves, you know, and we, Danny's in their home. So if they want to watch what's being made. Yeah. We've had clients watch while I cook and just ask questions and, you know, and more than willing to show them everything. And it's nothing too complicated for the most part, but are often things that they might have seen on television, but you never actually put into practice until you see it done. And so we kind of take out the fear of some of the cooking and show them that this is definitely plausible. So you can have us do it for you and have our expertise, but you know, we're not hiding any secrets. And you know, some parents would just take notes and like Kim was saying, they might not need us for the long run, which is fine because our goal is to help them improve. And we won't let, we want them to eat the same stuff that we're cooking them, cooking for them. So it's, it's almost, it's a, beneficial relationship on both ends yeah yeah and maybe like how would this kind of service help families like with kids with jobs how would this maybe be something people might want to incorporate maybe for a month maybe for a year well I mean I think the biggest part of it is just allowing families the time to enjoy dinner together because it's often seen especially in our society that cooking is a burden I mean, how many times have you heard of like a 30-minute meal, quick and easy meals? Everything is just assumed to be fast and easy, and that's how it should be. Where I look at it as it's my whole day. I surround myself around people who enjoy food, people who grow food, those who are cooking it, those who are eating it. So for me, it's a lifestyle. It's part of your – like you were just saying earlier that eating healthy has benefits on every other aspect of your life. And we've been – blessed I mean that it can be his lifestyle but not everyone has that opportunity you know we we don't live in a society that uh, allows one of the parents to stay home and cook all day you know that just doesn't happen anymore so if we can provide that service where Danny who loves cooking and I love cooking also if we can do that um, to make you know their lives a little bit easier and they can know that it's coming from their community. You know, we're in Philadelphia and it is made out of the best ingredients possible. And then it's at their house and they have to heat it up and it's, it feels like a comfortable home cooked meal. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that we just feel lucky that we are even able to have a business like this because we love it so much. Yeah. I mean, even when I was a teacher, I would always tell my parents that one of the most important parts of the day for the kids I was teaching was to sit at the dining room table and have a meal together and ask and like really just ask about their day, let them talk or or not talk, just to be together at a table. So now that I've switched career paths, I'm still trying to incorporate that aspect into their lives. And if I can go grocery shopping for you, put the meal, you don't have, there's no worries that our clients have to worry about other than eating. So we take care of everything. And it's such a load off of their minds because they don't have to worry. And I mean, we even have some clients who will put extra things they need at the grocery store just because I'm going there for them. And the way our business works is that the clients pay for their groceries anyway. So it's no harm or foul on my end to go pick up whatever else you need at the grocery store for that day. Like, it's fine. I'm doing doing it anyway. So it really is just like a relief. And it's just like this. You can see the weight off of our client's shoulders, knowing that they don't have to, for one, think about what to eat and then where to buy it, what to buy it, how to cook it. It's There's so much stress relieved. Mm -hmm. And then you see that in all aspects of their family because then – you know, for example, parents might not be as stressed or as tired, so then they can spend more time with their kids at the table, mm-hmm. enjoying yeah. the meals. So it's there's a lot of other And if it's fractions. not good, they have someone to blame besides right. themselves. You yeah, know? they can both make fun of me for not making a good meal. <laughs> exactly. I love what you said. I feel I'll see a recipe and it'll say five-minute prep time, but then it's like you need to cut the onion. I'm like, that is five minutes. This is going to take me like 20 minutes to prep the food. And that's just it. Like people love doing uh, like food prep. You know, a lot of people food prep on Sunday and try to last that for the week, which is completely, you know, fine. and It's great. But honestly, like how many weeks in a row are you doing it? Like even Kim and I, if we try to meal prep for ourselves, 
doing that, it, we might get two weeks in a row. And then or it you, just falls flat. Or you make a meal, you know, you food prep for the whole week and you get sick of it by Wednesday. Yeah, right. That's And then it goes thing. to waste. So even if, I mean, we have a lot of clients that we only do three, di- a lot. Um, you know, we have some clients that do three dinners and that's all they do. And there's leftovers for lunch, but, you know, those three dinners, that's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know? And then all they have to worry about is Tuesday, Thursday, and then the weekend. So... Uh, and a lot of times the meals that we make stretch longer than just that meal. So it ends up being a few meals, you know? So even just hiring us, you know, for a little bit of, of the week responsibility, food responsibilities, that's huge for a lot of clients. Yeah. Is there a type of food that everyone should be eating? Um, you tell me, boss. <laughs> I would say no. Um... A type of food, a vegetables and fruits. Um, I'm all about going, you know, eating as many plants as you can. But I don't think it's wrong to eat other things, you know, at all. Um, but I would say leaning more towards, you know, a Mediterranean diet where you're eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits, nuts, fish, you know. Some poultry, less red meats. Um, that's the most proven in terms of health benefit diet. And, you know, I will never say that there are foods that you should completely remove, though, because food is great and should be experienced and loved no matter what it is. And I think that's like a really big component, especially when we have our consultation, is Kim truly enforces or reinforces that the notion that Enjoy all foods, but if you're going to decide to eat whatever you want, you have to do it in moderation. There is no quick cure at the end of the day, unless you want to be on something very strict. But if you are, you know, we have some clients who are set in their ways and this is what they want to eat every day. So instead of pushing them away from that, because you're trying to create a positive relationship with food, um, that Kim will then say, all right, well, if you're deciding to eat that, you're going to have to have smaller ratios. So a lot of American diet is a big portion of protein, and then your side dishes are vegetables. Well, why not flip everything and do your main course as a solid, good vegetable with a sauce or seasoning or something that makes it taste better than like a bland vegetable? And you can still enjoy your protein if it's going to be steak or chicken, but have that on a smaller scale. So it just depends, and then you can change that throughout the week. So even at home, I mean, I love eating everything. I mean, I can, we eat healthy, but there are times that, you know, I would love a cheesesteak or I would love a pizza or wing. And I, without guilt, will eat that knowing that 80, 90% of the rest of my meals throughout the week are going to be cooked by us and they're going to be portion size controlled with more veggie than protein. So then when I want to go out and do whatever I want to eat, I can. It's so you're not forcing you're not pigeonholing yourself or putting yourself into a corner where I start to resent food we just eat yeah and that's true as you know some clients come and we you know they're they're already have lived for 70 years and you don't want to create with anyone or an 11 year old you don't want to create bad relationships with food um, ever so because that's not what health is so you know, we take what they already know and it's small incremental changes. Um, and I've learned that being a dietitian, working with clients for years, you know, you never say what someone is doing is wrong. You go with it and you just add, okay, what can we do to make it a teeny bit better, you know, and concentrate less on what's bad and concentrate more on what's good. Like a scaffolded learning approach. You're like meeting them where they are and then you're building from there instead of knocking the whole tower down. So that's what we do. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite kind of food to cook? Do you have any favorites? I love um, like something that's just felt really good for me recently is like very saucy things with like beans. Like, uh, you know, like chickpea curry where it's like a very saucy you know danny makes this really good instead of doing like a cream-based curry he like blends vegetables up um and like if you add a little bit of potato to it it gets like thick while you're cooking it so 
um, you know, it's like a little bit healthier, but that has just felt so good to me. I love, you know, I'm not a huge meat cooker. He cooks meat way better than I do. So that's, that's what I've been super passionate about recently. And yeah, I love sauces. Um, I think without going to school for it and working in Wayne and at the table, I wouldn't have the experience I do being so comfortable with making sauces. Um, the big thing that I've been cooking a lot recently that I've really been enjoying are different fishes. Um, just because, um, some of our clients, they have full trust in us over the months that we've been working and they said, cook whatever you want. So for them, it's a surprise. So then it gets me excited because I can literally cook whatever I want. So I, I do enjoy that type of cooking. I also love when people say, Hey, this is what I want every week. So, um, a lot of our clients have been wanting different proteins for fish and I've just been absolutely loving being able to buy certain fishes that I wouldn't normally buy and then having to cook them just so. Because with fish, it's very easy to have fish be overdone. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're reheating it, so it's a very fine line and it's a lot of pressure I put on myself because you want these meals to come out perfectly. So it, it works out. I mean, like I was saying, using restaurant skills and tools, like we, I sous vide all our proteins for the most part, except some fishes that are more delicate. But most people don't have that at home or feel intimidated by it or don't have the time for it, whereas what I'll do it throughout the whole entire week. So it's like incorporating these small restaurant skills that are utilized for everyday eating. But yeah, sauces and like fish. Sauces and fish. For mm. now. Yeah, but it changes. Um. What hurdles do you think people face when buying food? Like, why do we buy too much and not the right items? That's a good question. Um, you want to take it first? Um, I would say it's, especially when you have a family, it's really hard to know how much to buy. And, you know, you want to buy a lot of vegetables, a lot of things that um, are perishable because you know that they're good for you but then you buy too much and you don't know how to use them. Uh, so that's something that I really like working with clients on is how to, you know, if something is turning, okay, what do we do it with now? Do we make it into a sauce? Do we uh, blend it up and, you know, make it into a drink of some sort or, um, do we, uh, you know, so there's things that I think we just overbuy because we don't want to run out and we don't want to have to go back to the store. <laughs> and I think, you know, that, I think it has to do a lot of with like prepared foods as well. But yeah. it's, yeah. And well, that's true too, but it's not so much that we buy too much. I think, um, it's that we don't know what to do with it once we buy it and it's at our, in our fridge and we just are sick of making the same thing. So we just throw it out. But if you can, learn how to make all sorts of different things then you can you know freeze it or whatever things like that but what are you talking about perishable or yeah things that processed? are even prepared uh there's a lot of processed foods that well people have and i mean just speaking upon what kim was saying in that you know you want to buy a lot of fresh produce and proteins and once you have them you feel like you don't have enough time to cook them or you might feel that your cooking skills are limited so there's only so much you can do with one ingredient, which then does not give you the motivation to cook. So then you start resorting to things that are already prepared. And then you can almost see like this circle, this cycle of like frustration because you're buying these prepared foods that are quick and easy and you just open up the jar and dump it out. And there's your tomato sauce, for example, not knowing that there's so many other additives that just don't need to be there, but it's quick. It tastes good. And it's something different because you didn't want to have to put the time and work into, you know, maybe creating this sauce. And if it doesn't come out right the first time, you might not be inclined to try it again. So then you're resorting on other people's food or other, you know, companies to create these meals for you when they're not necessarily healthy. And even some of these healthy prepared foods still aren't healthy. I mean, we were in Trader Joe's in the frozen prepared section just to look, and it all looks great. And a lot of people are buying these products but just because they're at Trader Joe's doesn't mean that they're still processed. Processed food is processed food, however you want to look at it. And so it's like this give and take, this dichotomy between wanting to eat healthy, either cook it yourself or believing and hoping 
that you're buying something that is quote unquote healthy based upon where you're buying it. And I think it's just about education, you know, like my mom is always so like, how did you even do that? That Like I wouldn't even thought of making something like that, you know, putting those ingredients together. So it's a lot of experimentation. And if you don't experiment yourself, well then that's where we can come in and teach you, you know, call me and say, I have this, 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 and this in my fridge. What do I do with it? You know, so it doesn't go bad. And we experiment. We think of different ways, you know, to right. try to use it. I mean, we'll have clients who, before me giving them a list of uh, meals to choose, they say, this is what I have. What can you do with it? Because they don't want They already have ingredients at home that they might not want to waste. So it, for me, it's almost like an episode of Chopped where I'm opening this basket. I'm like, okay, here we yeah. go. Like, what can I create? And like these people, it has to adhere to their diet. And they also, more importantly, in my opinion, they have to like it because if they don't like it, they're not going to eat it. And then what's the point of all of this? So it's a challenge for me to then use what they have and then bring something that I can bring to the table and create a meal that's good, nutritious, and palatable for them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I feel like there was nothing more satisfying prior to like the grocery store issue today um, than knowing I had to go grocery shopping and my fridge being almost cleared. I'd be like, oh, yeah. this is so beautiful. And now I'm like, oh no, I have to go now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, grocery shopping, I mean, as so many of our clients, too, are older, so they're, you know, a lot of them are just immunocompromised, either from age or from uh, an ailment that they have. So for me to go on their behalf is such a load off their shoulders, and they don't have to worry as much, and I'm so used to doing it that I can, I'm in and out of these grocery stores, and half the time that they would be in, just because I know these grocery stores like the back of my hand. Yeah. So it's, yeah, this, this especially now. pandemic has definitely changed how we look at our work. Um, but also, you know, some, some families have chosen not to use our services right now during all of this, but we, you know, while we understand that completely, sometimes I feel like this is the best option, especially after months of being like this, because you know, you have one person going to the store for you and we can, you know, you know that we're being safe. You can make sure that we're being safe. We're right. doing it in your home and cooking everything fully. Whereas at this point, I feel like people are ordering out and you, you don't know what's going on there. Well, it's know? almost like a fractal in that when you order from a restaurant, which we still, we do as well, you, that restaurant has X amount of employees who are then touching your food. But then they go home and then it just fractals. And then every single person has that many more people that they interact with every day. Yeah. As opposed to us, like he was saying, I am serve safe certified. So we know exactly what it is to keep a kitchen cleanly and wiping it down constantly. I mean, most clients will watch me cook. So they're seeing how detailed everything is and how much we put into keeping a sanitary, safe environment. And other than that, we you know right now we're practicing staying home. So it's just me, myself and I. And then with Kim. So our amount of people that we're exposed to is drastically different than going to restaurants. I mean, I've worked in restaurants. I know how many people can be in there. And especially now, you know, jobs are at an all-time low. And someone in a restaurant, you know, God forbid they are sick, they're not going to stay home just because they're sick. They need that job. Mm -hmm. So then it's just like another element of just risk. And it really a lot of it becomes down to like hedging your bets. But, you know, with a personal chef, with ourselves, is, you know, you're, these meals are customized. They're for you. And it's just me. I'm the only person touching your food. And you. I love you. You're great. That being said, we also support <laughs> restaurants and want them to do very, very well right now. No, I I love that. And I think, I think it is, like, an interest. This whole time, as we were talking about it earlier, it's so interesting. It's so foreign. And yeah, this, it's been so nice, like, having this conversation and not really – being stressed out about anything I, i'm yeah. loving talking about food this is so awesome yeah. so yeah. <laughs> to talk about a passion instead of all yeah, of the something that you're able to enjoy yeah I mean, it's something that allows us to take our minds off of everything at the end of the day and we can just go into the kitchen together and cook mm -hmm. you know 
the food we cook doesn't know there's a pandemic, so we're just enjoying <laughs> the whole you know, the entire environment that we're in. And I think the clients that we have right now also have been enjoying more being a partner with us at Balanced Dish, like coming, you know, we've been hearing a lot more from our clients about what they want or what they, you know, things that, that they would like to happen in the next week with the food. And, you know, it's nice to have them be a partner through this also have give them something else to look forward yeah, to. They definitely and, have a lot more input as of late just yeah. because they actually have time to sit and think about what they're eating, which is great because now they're becoming more conscious about what they're putting into their bodies. So then they call us and say, this is what I want. What did you put in that? How did you do that? Or as a month ago, it, it wasn't even a question. They wouldn't even have thought of those questions, let alone call us and yeah. having more, I mean, which we love. Yeah, because so it's been good. I, you know, we, it's so much easier for us to do our jobs when our clients say, this is what we want, this is what I'd like this week, and we're like, no problem, all right? And then we'll tailor it to make it healthy or add this or add that, but to provide a blueprint gives us like a jump off point. And um, yeah, I, I love cooking for people when they tell me exactly what they want, which is easier said than done, and I think a lot of that comes with just establishing a relationship with our clients, and they become more comfortable talking with us, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to hear our clients have much more say in what we're cooking, so. That's, that's awesome. So um, we'll, like, do our three wrap-up questions now. I'm so excited to hear what you say. Um, what are some stretches you're doing in your own life? So stretching for me, um, something I've been doing, and it's it's more mental stretching than physical stretching, Uh which I should do more physical stretching too, but um, every morning I've been journaling three things I'm thankful for and three things I want to work on that day. Um, and it could be very like, you know, straightforward, but it also has been more, you know, theoretical, mental uh, recently. So it's given me something to reflect on every morning, which has stretched my perspective of things recently. And I think um, for myself, um, we, I just started doing trail running. Um, Kim and I live uh, right next to the Wissahickon. So they have a lot of different trails. And prior to the pandemic, I played a lot of tennis. And that was my means of physical activity. Yeah, I know. And now we can't. And I need to stay somewhat in some type of cardio shape to go back to it. And... Kim honestly just like forced me to like, okay, try running this time. And like, I still hate running. I do. But there's something about once you get into that groove, like I understand what that runner's high feels now. And it is a mental and physical challenge. And although I'll complain before and after running, but once you're in that zone, I understand there's, there's nothing like it. And to be so mentally and physically present and having that relationship between the two, I think is very unique. And being able to concentrate on that while we're running is something that has helped helped us. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we do yoga in the mornings, and we'll just have like a 45, 30-minute to 45-minute stretching period, which is nice. And that's something... He's that, been doing that more than I have. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, I mean, it, it's nice to feel yourself improve on something. Especially, yeah. you know, something physically because with work right now, it's doing everything's been on a steady pace. But to go through yoga or go through running to feel yourself improve while you're still at home, you know, yeah. it's hard to get out of the house all the time. But then to feel that type of like gratification mm -hmm. is huge. So mm -hmm. definitely been working on that. And, and what's something you're enjoying doing in your own life for you? Gardening. Gardening. Yeah. Yeah. We just uh, ripped out. So we live in an old house in Mount Airy and there's this um, section of basically shrubs that were up by the driveway and we ripped it all out so that we could put in a garden and uh, that took a good two weeks just to rip it out. So yeah, it's like a 30 by eight foot like rectangular plot and we just completely weeded the whole thing and now we're and like, sometimes some people that might not sound lovely just weeding all day but i love weeding 
I've been doing. That's what we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just we're getting our garden ready. Yeah, you're able to get outside and like getting all the plants ready, and then it's like thinking like, where are you gonna? This is the biggest garden we've ever made to date. So to actually like plan it out is something that's really cool because, mm-hmm. like I said, it gets us out of the house, but then we're going to some of the stores, the local community stores, to buy plants here and there and different vegetables, and then just you know. Soon, within a week or two, we'll plant everything mm-hmm. and just like watch it grow. You know, literally like, watch the grass grow. Yeah. Or just <laughs> sit outside and watch the plants, which is nice. I yeah. love that, and I you kind of hit on it too when you talked about it earlier, like getting getting your kids, getting your family involved in like those kind of projects are yeah. awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are What are you planting? What are you putting in your garden? Um, so we. Are gonna have lots of herbs. We're gonna have tomatoes, peppers, um, green beans, cabbage, cabbage, mm. kale. Spinach. Our neighbors actually, which is really neat. Our neighbors are also taking some of the plot, uh, so it's kind of gonna be like a little community type oh. thing. Um, you know, we all have like our little masks on down there, and we're like hoeing <laughs> the garden, which is really cute. So I know one of our neighbors wants to plant okra, and another one wants all tomato plants and basil. So it's going to be nice once, you know, all of us can sit out together and enjoy what we've done throughout this time. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have, like, that sense of community and, like, knowing our neighbors. Like, I, we were Kim and I were talking, like, I don't know if we would have met all of our neighbors if it wasn't for, like, this pandemic because everyone is home everyone is like moving slower yeah. and mm-hmm. taking a step back so you know even just uh all of us have these ideas of what to do with our little community garden is and now we're, yeah. we know everyone on a first name basis mm-hmm. and now we're talking about food so yeah, yeah it's really nice to like put the brakes on life and to almost like focus on things that are simple but in my opinion like more important yeah. things that matter mm-hmm. and having hours to just go out and garden that's something that we haven't done, you know, in a few years. Normally, it's like a half an hour here, half an hour there. Right. They're not burdensome so, anymore. Yeah. It's wonderful. Aww. All things considered. Yeah. <laughs> it is nice. When I go on my runs, I do a lot of neighborhood running now, and it's like everyone's house looks so beautiful because they have all this time to beautify their house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe we don't need completely what the Spanish people have in terms of siestas all the time, but mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more of that would be great, you know, yeah. four, four day work week. Yes. <laughs> nah. One day work from home, the others maybe, it's just the quality of life has seemed much more like sincere, you know, as mm-hmm. of late. I yeah. love that. By default, but it's nice. Yeah. I really have been enjoying it. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> and what's something you can't stop talking about? Um, we're getting new dining room furniture. <laughs> we have been talking about how we're going to set about, up our apartment. We've been talking about that a lot. Yeah. Because we have so much more space now. Yes. And it's just like, well, what are we, what, what, what theme is going to be in this room? What artwork are we putting here? And then like constantly sending each other links to like certain furnitures or color schemes. And yeah, so our old apartment was a one bedroom pretty much like a studio apartment and now we have three bedrooms and you know so it's it's so empty right now so what we've been talking about is you know what to get but also what to make for the apartment you know I've been really uh excited about creating things that make the apartment not just being a consumer but creating my own you know our own things in our house um that make it feel special so, you know, I've been working on art and stuff like that, too, which it's been fun. Also, we've also been talking, not as much recently as of, I don't know, a week or two, but we're getting married in yeah. next September? Yeah. Right. So, like, we've just been planning that and, like, checking out different websites and thinking what we're going to do with the food situation. And yeah. so it's, like, all things to look forward to that are keeping us going, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Thank you so much for being on this episode. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's been awesome. thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you ask good questions. Make us think. <laughs> so I will say that this episode was probably 
the cutest episode, seeing the two of them doing something that they love together. And I'm just sending them so many well wishes on their wedding coming up next year. So we are going to cool down with a meditation. And I invite you to come into a comfortable seated position, whatever that might look for you, at a chair, the couch, the floor, maybe sitting on a blanket. And just start to let your spine grow nice and tall. So noticing if you're hunching over, start to roll the shoulders back a few times, growing in the spine, allowing the crown of your head to reach up. And gently lower your eyes. You can close them if that's comfortable for you. And just take a breath in. And open the mouth, exhale out. And just start to tap into your body right now. Putting aside anything that you have to do or need to do later. There's nothing you need to do in this moment except for be here. Bringing your awareness into your breath. Maybe discovering how you start to slow down just by noticing the breath. If your thoughts start to wander or any tensions arise, come back to the only constant, that breath. If you feel like you have any tension in your hands, relax them. If your face starts to get tight, relax the face. If you feel like the jaw is tight, gently open the mouth, creating some space between the teeth. Just noticing how the breath is slowing down. Your thoughts are slowing down.
staying here for a few more moments. For gently opening your eyes when you're ready. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of But First Stretch. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me. That's JenniferMC3 or FitFamConchi on Instagram and FitFamConchi on Facebook. I really love being able to talk to all these people in our community and share our conversations with you. So if there's anything that you are interested in hearing or any feedback, please reach out. It means the world to me. Have a wonderful day.